cosmic rat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government, and it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. In May. It's six o'clock. It's time for the joke workshop here on Mutiny Radio. I'm not, I didn't publicize it today or do anything, so I didn't run a pre-sign, so just kind of wanted to see who would show up since, I mean, I haven't missed a Monday since 2014, so I was just thinking like, well, we'll see who shows up. Well, we'll wait for a quorum of a couple more comedians, but we have a few here, and, um, and then, uh, We'll tell jokes to each other. All right, enjoy the carpenters in the interim. After all the tears we've spent, how could we make amends? So it's one more round for experience, and I'm on the road again, and it's gone. Just begun to live white lace and promises, a kiss for luck, and we're on our way. We've only begun before the rising sun, we fly.
It's just you guys, so you can decide if you want to wait a little bit or if you want to just get it out of the way. What do you want to do? I don't know who else has shown up. I didn't, like I said, I didn't tell anybody. I just figured people would come if they wanted to. Does anybody, I mean, it's just the five of us. We can, you know, you can tell your story about getting fired into the microphone if it makes you feel better. Okay, well, it's up to you guys. Do you want to wait a few minutes or do you want to? You'll wait? Okay, cool. Help me hold the memory As I walk through the world I find around me Something new yet familiar is in the air I feel it everywhere Like a child's eye Christmas night I'm looking at you now Finding answers to my prayers It's a new day for those good old dreams One by one it seems they're coming true But what a change of scene No more dark horizons, only blue It's a new day for those good old dreams All my life I dreamed of loving you Your spark of a long forgotten fire you're a touch of a slowly growing wind You're a taste of the ever-changing seasons Telling me there are some things that don't end We have left all the darkness far behind us behind. All those hopes that we held along the way Have 
like an old love song oh, much too much you hear it once again and it carries you Just good fun yeah. Would rather be a thin man I am so glad to go on being one yeah. Too much to carry around with you No chance of finding a woman who You in the morning and all the night time too All right, well we have a quorum now. So we might as well get started. Hey everybody, we have a new comedian in our midst. He's 17 and he came to the Atlas show on Saturday and was very brave and stayed through all of our jokes and then at the end did a really hot three. And I said, hey, you should come and bring your sister. Obviously, he brought his sister. See how they did that there? See how I did that? Uh, but welcome to the Joke Workshop. So all these guys are comics, and um, they're all real nice. And they're all going to like do jokes for each other. And then there's a microphone up there, and there's some microphones in here. And then people give each other comments, like nice comments, like helpful comments. And like if you're going to feed someone a shit sandwich, make the bread taste good, you know? Put the poop in the middle, crunchy, toasty. Uh, but uh, I don't know. We we do time. Usually it's three minute sets, and I'll honk, and that means there's a minute left. But uh, tonight we have a small group, so we can maybe go a little longer, which uh, which will be nice. All right. So do you guys want to like uh, Rosham for who goes first? Because there's so few of you. You can go first since you were here first. That's that's absolutely fair. I mean, there it's a it's a small group of us tonight, so it's fine. All right, everybody. Uh, every Monday since 2014, I should know that Dwight is here from out of town. Uh, yeah, and he's here for a little bit until Thanksgiving, right? Till his mom's sick of him. Everybody, put your hands together for your first comedian. It's Dwight Mai. Yay! Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, usually I, <clears throat> I don't do crowd work, but I make jokes about uh, people in the crowd and, you know, uh, I write jokes 20 minutes before I get on stage so people think that I made it up right on the spot and they go, man, your crowd work's great. And I'm like, well, I got a secret to tell you. I wrote the jokes before and usually there's like a, uh, like an overweight person in the crowd that would make fun of them, you know, I would say something like, pretend like there's an overweight guy over here, you know, and I'd be like, hey, it looks like you have uh, three best friends, sir, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then people will laugh, and I'll be like, hey, uh, do me a favor, give me a call before you jump up and down. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a skinny guy, skinny Kyle. Uh, 
Well, of course, I'm, I'm kind of skinny. I've got a belly, but uh, you look like you're so skinny. The only thing you can get tattooed on your arm is a line. <laughs> you rolled off your bunk bed and you floated towards the ground. <laughs> I dropped my plane ran out of gas. And if there was like a mixed race couple, I would say something like, hey, uh, it's good to see a mixed race couple in the audience. You know, if you, it's a tragedy if you did this in another country, you wouldn't get hired. But here you can get a TikTok and quit your job. Man, those will be like, and then people, oh, he thought of it right off the top of his head. And I, I don't tell them my secret. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I, I do have jokes. And my first uh, thought jokes premise would be, uh, would be, is, uh, you know, I think uh, I saw my, my cousins, my little baby cousins. They were like this tall, you know. They didn't see him for like eight years. And they were like, you know, huge. And they were no longer cute. No longer cute. Now I figured out why babies are so cute because they're just not tall. Like if a baby's if a baby's height reached your chest, breastfeeding it would be physically easier, but psychologically way harder. <laughs> Mom, hungry? Ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> I'll give you a bottle if I catch. And hey, uh, you know, every, every time I talk to an attractive lady, I get I get the butterflies, you know. And I read science, and it said that this means I either want to run away or fight her. <laughs> no, okay. Anyways. Hey, uh, I was thinking about, you know, did you guys know that premeditated murder penalizes you for thinking? <laughs> did you think before you shot him? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. You're going to go away for a long time. Did you think before you shot him? No. Good. Good. We like the dumb criminals. We're going to give you parole. Going to give you. And did you, I was in court and, uh, you know, I, you know, when they ask you to swear to tell the truth, it gets, like, repetitive. Like, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth? I'm like, hey, why stop there? I wish I was the bailiff. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, the entire truth, the complete truth, the full-length truth, the unabridged truth, the uncut truth? Yeah, that's enough, bailiff. Sorry. I've been reading the thesaurus. And those are my court jokes. Now I want to talk about softball and the women's softball game. I, I was watching the women's softball game. I like that big winder pitch they got, you know? It's like society was trying to keep them down, but women said, fuck you. They're like, what are you doing? The woman, they can't hit them, but fuck off. No, no, everybody's going to do it. I don't give a fuck. I don't know. I think we should let women throw overhand, right? We don't make WNBA players shoot underhand. You know, they shoot on their hand. Get that shit out of here. You're a woman. You got to throw from the pussy. What are you doing? Throwing like a man. I was, I, was, I was watching this show called NBA Wives. I think they should have another show. WNBA Husbands. Follow them around as they look for part-time work to make ends meet. <laughs> and this is where the women go, boo. And I go, hey, remember that softball joke? <laughs> I evened it out. I even it out. Anyways, hey, I think that when it comes to like groups of friends, three's the best. Because, thanks Pam, three's the best. But with two, whatever that person says, you gotta listen. Like, oh, he's talking about lava again. I get it, it's interesting, it's destructive, but it created Hawaii. Come on, let's take a look. But you think, if, if you have three, all you have to do is turn your attention to the other person. Now that first guy's left thinking, oh, maybe I do talk too much about lava. But it's so interesting. It moves slowly and it allows you to evacuate. It's the nicest natural disaster. 
And you think if three is good, maybe four is better? No, because eventually it'll break down into two groups of two, and now you're right back where you started. Talking about, oh, now he's talking about icebergs. I get it. It's the opposite of lava. Anyways, that's a long lava joke. Long lava joke. Hey, uh, I just want to say one thing. If you guys enjoyed some of my jokes and you want to thank me, uh, just consider making a donation to the Children's Orphanage of Vietnam. My son lives there. But don't give too much or else he'll come and visit me, you know. Anyways, hey, uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to my jokes. Yay, what my everyone. Hooray. Yay, does anyone have comments? Oh, you don't want comments? Okay. All right. Great. Fantastic. Thanks for being here. Um, all right, who wants to mad dog for the next space? Uh, I mean, you look at each other and go like, who want, well, I mean, whoever wants it. Who wants it? All right, everybody, put your hands together. It's Marcello, yay! Hey, everybody. I got new jokes for the workshop, so I'm going to rely on this piece of paper. Uh, but give it, up, give it up for Pam. I just read an article in the newspaper that you were in, and it was very awesome, so congratulations. That was excellent. Okay, um, man, uh, people are super judgmental, um, but they're more judgmental of, like, other people like monkeys and apes, they don't uh, get the same kind of criticism, man. We like everything they do, man. If we don't judge them. Monkey just doing monkey stuff, that's awesome. And if a monkey's doing like people stuff, that's even better, right? You know, you, you teach, a, teach a monkey sign language, that's cool, man. Put a little sweater on him, feed him a piece of pizza, that's amazing, right? But that shit doesn't go both ways, man. My neighbor catches me one time naked on a jungle gym, and now I'm the bad guy. <laughs> People just get upset, and they get judgy, man. Um, yeah, monkeys just get a pass. If I start throwing my shit around, I ruin the dinner party. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. They say I'm acting like an animal. They say I'm acting childish, man. Um, anyway, I go to a lot of dinner parties now, and um, uh, uh, everybody at these dinner parties, like they're my age, they all have kids, and I feel like they're acting childish because there's all the kids involved. Anyway, uh, oh man, these jokes are bad. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, I was at a dinner party, and my friend, she tried to show me her baby. She said. Look at my baby, it's so cute. It's got my eyes and my husband's nose. And I was like, man, also has my sympathies because this baby is ugly. <laughs> Yeesh. Some of these babies uh, are ugly as hell. So I didn't know what to say to her. I was like, I don't know, uh, maybe we could put a little sweater on her and feed it a slice of pizza. Because we all know that's pretty cute, right? Um... Uh, but hey, okay, I got w one more bit, and uh, yeah, so I guess I'm judgmental, you know, but like, who cares, man? You know who I don't have any sympathy for? Uh, these QAnon people. You guys know about QAnon? QAnon is like a bunch of people, and they like 
they really like Trump, and they also just kind of believe a bunch of crazy stuff that, that they read online. So I got fascinated with these people, and I did my own research. I went online and learned all about them. I'll tell you guys about it. With the other side of this joke. Okay, uh, I found out some amazing stuff about QAnon. Every person is like exactly the same. Here, check us out. Look, all of them are white, pasty-faced, rosy cheeks, big bald head, right? Total gun nuts, dressed head to toe in hunting gear, big old hunting cap with the flaps, kind of walking around in the woods with the guns out, kind of just like, shh, be very, very quiet. I'm hunting for Hillary's emails. <laughs> is it me or does every QAnon person just kind of seem like Elmer Fudd? They're, they're all just at least a little bit Fuddish. You know? It's like, uh, oh man, this bit is bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what? Okay. They're always talking about research and they're always talking to riddles like, let's go, Brandon. Oh, man, come on, man. Uh, I don't really know a lot about QAnon, but, yeah, it does seem like every QAnon person has a lot of Elmer Fudd, a lot in common with Elmer Fudd, man. They're all kind of, like, foolish, kind of just wandering around, like, trying to do stuff that's never going to happen. Um, but, like, you can't even talk to these people. You try to ignore them. You try to talk to them. They just ignore you. And then you're like, what do you do, man? Uh, nah, never mind. Anyway, queuing up people like Albert Fudd, I'm still working on it. Thanks a bunch, everybody. Marcello, everyone. Comments. There's the microphone up there. Anybody else think queuing up people are like Albert Fudd? Do you think I could do that? I think, I think that's a great show. Uh, you have to go up to the microphone at the, on the thingy. This is on. Okay. I think that's a great joke. I like to see you own it more. And you could... It was funny because I knew what you were talking about the the hunting for for Hillary's emails, but I I I think maybe you like they're like you could say it out front before that and like they're yeah. like Elmer Fudd and you just own it and then you keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, like I think I got to get quicker to the Fudd because I th here's the thing I like the list because it starts off like okay maybe that's a thing maybe that's a thing and then you're like why the fuck is he wearing a hat and then because uh, I got to figure out how to reconcile the list. I could just go, it's like Elmer Fudd, and then do, do a act out, which I'm not good at Elmer Fudd voice, but. I was hoping uh, I, at the uh, end that you'd dress up the QAnon people in a sweater and give them a piece of pizza <laughs> just to make them likable. Make them likable? Right? That's how you make them likable, right? You put them in a sweater and yeah. give them a piece of pizza. Triple sweater I, pizza. I like that monkey human stuff. I think that you can get more bizarre with it because the pizza and the sweater is cute, and it's a good callback, and you can use it in a bunch of different ways, right? Yeah. But maybe you have a dinner party on a jungle gym or just think weird things like weird monkey human just because you, you're giving yourself the opportunity to get wacky so yeah. you can because it's, it's true a monkey with a newspaper is fucking cute as fuck especially if it's upside down <laughs> anyway i've seen monkeys when they give him human things like in the zoo and it's kind of like we're making fun of them, but we're not. We're like, oh, look, they're so cool. <laughs> Give them a cell phone. <laughs> That's the cutest thing ever, a monkey with a cell phone. I don't know. But I liked all that monkey-human stuff. Uh, does anyone else have other 
comments, honest jokes. Nope, it's okay. You can be quiet. All right, thanks, uh, guys. Uh, put your hands together, everybody, for Marcello. Yay! Same old stage I have like the weirdest music on in the background. I've got Jethro Tull over here on a record player and the Carpenters. I don't know why. Uh, your next comedian, I don't know who it's going to be. Looks like Nick is sitting up like on the edge of his chair. No, that's just because he's wicked tall. Oh, okay. Kyle or, or Nick? All right, everybody. Clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion for Kyle Morrissey. Wild and slappy. Cool. Um, I'm glad we're all here. It's kind of a weird year for comedy. A lot of comedians gotten attacked. Chappelle, Chris Rock, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. Uh, okay, you're familiar with recent history. Good, good. Okay. Exactly. Everyone who gets elected president nowadays is just a goofball. That's that's the criteria. I was worried when Putin invaded Ukraine because there was a uh, group of women in, I think, Paris who staged a topless protest. And it was on the news... I was worried. I mean, we all knew it was a protest, but I was worried Putin was going to misinterpret it as positive reinforcement. Um, here's the thing: the older I get, the more I think about God designing the female body, and I'm just like, "Fucking bullseye!" <laughs> like, he nailed that shit. Like, if I invaded Ukraine, and I don't, I'm not saying I would. This is just hypothetical. Uh, if I invaded Ukraine and then a bunch of people exposed their breasts to me, I'm doing Poland. Like, like, like Poland is definitely happening next. Like, scramble the fighter jets, get over there, see if you can find some more boobs. <laughs> um, I, uh, I was following Kanye West divorce earlier this year. This was like my favorite one because he was threatening to kill Pete Davidson. Actually, he's still threatening to kill Pete Davidson. He just has not quit. And at this point, I'm like, this is pathetic. Like, just... The whole, the whole world's watching you. It's emb- I've watched Kanye this whole time just melting down. I'm just like, I can't believe I fucking voted for this dude. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. It was funny. If uh, if Beyonce was anti-Semitic, we would not be able to tell. Like, if Beyonce believed in Jewish cons- conspiracy theories, she would blend. She's already blending in. She's just on stage like, ladies, who runs the world? And they're like, well, girls? Nah, that's what you think. Uh keep dancing idiots they're making you dance i'm uh i'm irish the irish faced a lot of racism when they uh emigrated to the united states <laughs> i don't know why i think that's funny <laughs> um but it's true by today's standards the irish would be considered poc like people of color which means i have to imagine that they were referring to themselves as people Oh, color. <laughs> like, like, like the O had to have an apostrophe over it. Like, like there's no, I'm Daniel O'Color. Like, there's no way they were not calling themselves that. It's, you know what's funny? The way that they uh, overcame the racism that they faced was just p- by becoming more racist than everybody else. Like, they all got together one day and were like, all right, boyos, to the police academy. Let's go. <laughs> Um, I got to think about like, uh, these weird impulses I have all the time. 
I don't know where they come from. Like, this is one that happens a lot. Anytime I'm having a conversation with one of my male friends, there's always, like, in the middle of it, a voice always pops up in my head. It's just like, kiss him. <laughs> kiss him right now. Just do it. Like, what would happen? Wouldn't that be crazy? And I don't, I don't even think it's in, like, a weird, like a gay way. I Like, I thought about this. The impulse I have to kiss a man is in the exact same category as the impulse I have to grab a police officer's gun. Like... Whenever I realize I'm in that situation, I'm just like, oh, shit, don't do it. <laughs> like, there should be something stopping me. I guess I'm just afraid of getting jumped by some guy who's like, hey, stop resisting. <laughs> I, uh, I I deal with this. This is like a real psychological thing. This like It's like when you're on the edge of a building and you look over the edge and you realize you can jump. It's not suicidal. It's it's not that. It's just like the lizard part of your brain that recognizes that that's a possibility. That invades every conversation I ever have, especially nowadays as a white guy. A lot of focus on race. As a white dude, what is the worst possible word a white dude can say? Anybody, shout it out, white dudes, please. Oh, shit. No, I, I actually, I was looking for a... Yeah, obvious cunt. What? <laughs> what does that have to do with race? Everybody. Oh wow, you fucking said it. Well, so I wasn't looking for that. I was just looking for the N word. <laughs> no, no, no. I seriously, the whole cru the whole crux of the bit is that I'm just no. I believe you. I you did. You just proved yourself. Damn, he just brought it to new. Okay. You know, you're so brave, sir. You're so brave. You have more balls than I do. That's the thing. Anytime I'm talking to... No, no, you have more balls. What would have happened if I said you had no balls? Would you have said that? <laughs> I well, hold on. I'm kind of still in my own ballpark here because the whole crux is that, like, anytime I'm talking to someone and they're black, there's a voice in my head that's like, I have the ability to ruin my entire life right now. Like, that's, like, and it's not even, like, uh, let me make it clear. I don't want to say it. I'm just very aware that if I did, oh, fuck, that would be so bad. It would ruin my life. It would ruin their week or weekend, depending on if this was happening on a Friday. Uh, but, I mean existentially like having the like saying a word and everything and it just nukes your whole life that's just like a, a weird useless super villain you can't do anything with that i could never like kick open the door to a bank in like a ski mask like yeah i'm the end bomber like i'm gonna fucking say it you know that has a lot more bite to it when uh, the word hasn't been said but you win this round sir everybody my name is kyle morsey <laughs> Kyle Morrissey, everyone. He's so brave. He's so brave. Are there are there any comments or talking points that you wanna that anyone wants to address? That POC people O color is awesome. I mean, that just got me. Your your joke reminds me of a joke I heard in an airport, and it was a small child, and she looked at her dad, and she said. What's a three-letter word that ends in X? And he looked at her for a long time, and then she looks at him, and she goes, Jeez, Dad, Fox. <laughs> but it was like, there are a lot of words that end in X. 
pox, pox. There's a couple. But there's also sex, and that's the only one I think that... For, it's the only one I thought of when I was overhearing the joke. Anyways, it's that misdirection of the language that... But you dealt with it well getting out of the... I mean, he diffused the bomb for you. Yeah. Uh, and then fell on it, apparently. There's shrapnel all over the building. And, uh-oh, is this a hand? Uh, your next comedian, clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion, everybody, for Nick Holke. Yay! All right. Thank you. Something happened to me yesterday in a supermarket that still confuses me a little. I was shopping, and this little kid, he's like 12, he came up to me. He asked if I could buy him something. His clothes were like a little tattered. And I was like, I probably should. But I was in a shit mood, and I just said no right away. And then as he was walking away, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can spend $40 on self-help books that you use as a coaster now, but you can't buy that kid some food or whatever. Because I don't know about you guys, but that's how I do nice things. I have to waterboard myself there with self-hatred first. And then I'm like, all right, fuck, I'll do the thing. I'll go. I'm a piece of shit. I got it. So I go to the kid. And I'm like, all right, I'll get you whatever you want. And he leads me to the front. And he reaches up and he grabs a Scream Halloween mask. And then just earnestly holds it up to me. I thought you wanted food. What am I... It threw me. I was like, does he, is this how he like earns money for his family? Does he scare people? Are there some nutrients? You melt it down? I don't know. It baffled me. I left him there. I said no. Someone else bought the mask though for him. So it has a happy ending. I was just in Utah this past weekend visiting a friend of mine who's Mormon. That's where they hang out in Provo. And his wife is pregnant with their second child. At a moment, I was like, oh, shit. I'm getting laid less often than my Mormon friend. It's, it's come full circle. I don't know what happened. And I used to be, he was on his mission when we were like 18. And I was a frat boy in Santa Barbara. Very different scales. I feel like my, my sex life it was like a stock market. It's kind of like, I think it's like crypto, where it was like, no one ever heard of it. Then it, it sort of peaked. There was this moment where people were like, oh, it's exciting. Oh, he does Molly and wears sunglasses inside. Maybe I'll take a risk. Something fun will happen. And then college ended and real life happened. And people are like, is there any intrinsic value behind this? Or And then that's where we are now. Just a... Uh, the guy telling jokes to four people. Mm. That's true. I under underestimated. Uh, has anyone ever gone on a date with someone that's like clearly better than them? Like just a better person? I went on a date with this girl who's a surgeon. I asked her like how her day was and she's like, oh, today... This child we performed surgery on last week can walk again. I was like, wow. And she's like, what'd you do? And I'm like, well, I masturbated on my lunch break today. So I think we're both doing God's work. I work from home, so I'm not a monster. I close the blinds 
and I try to be quiet so my roommate doesn't hear like a gentleman. Okay. I'm scared. Um, so these next, okay. So sometimes I feel like God is testing me and I just, throughout life, and I just fail tragically. Like when I lived in Spain, there was, on my walk home from the nightclub, there was a brothel in between the club and my house. It's like having a McDonald's on the way home from the gym. You know, like most days I had the willpower, but sometimes you're lonely, you look inside, you see something interesting, you know? So, McRibbed for her pleasure. Yes. One more sex McDonald's pun. You get Grimace involved, get a McFurry. Hocha. So I'm talking about. That did actually happen, not the McFurry part, but uh Yeah. I had somewhere else I wanted to go with that. Uh, maybe I'll remember next time. Thanks everyone. Hooray for Nick Hokey. Are there comments on his sex worker jokes? That was that was nice. I think I think crypto is really funny, but it's, you could do like a long-term and short-term return on investment. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because Mormon friend, long-term ROI, you have the short-term. Yeah. If you wanted to do more economics jokes in your thing. Right. <laughs> I was trying to think of like the Mormons with multiple wives, if that's like a stock split, you oh, know? That's it, yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah. Crypto is an easy joke everybody thinks is funny, but then it's like if you get more into the financial stuff, you could do it. Yeah, you could do a stock uh, split. You yeah, could yeah. Do, do like a portfolio. Something. Right. All right. Thanks. Other comments for Nick and his frat boy thing. You've only got a couple years left to play that frat boy card, darling. <laughs> you got a couple years left to play that frat boy card. Until then, you're just a regular guy. <laughs> yeah, Archie, are you like almost 30, right? Uh, all right. Um, frat man. Okay. Joel, did you want to do jokes? Uh, did I get your name right? Jonah. Jonah. Did you want to do jokes? Okay. And then that guy, the guy, but, but also I want to ask a question before I introduce him. The guy who walked in with the mullet, uh, maybe it's not a mullet. You with the beard. Are you, would you like to perform, sir? Yeah. Are you here to, are you here to no. do jokes? You're just here to laugh? That's fucking amazing. That's great. No. And apparently, <laughs> this kid say. is learning so much. Uh, you, you, hey, everybody, we've got a, a new comedian in the room. Be real nice. Uh, he's he's cool. We met on Saturday. Uh, put uh, your you hands together nice. for Jonah. <laughs> Sir, you are so lucky there are no black people here tonight. Man, you could have died tonight, seriously. Because you, you didn't know I was coming here, right? So what if I just walked in here with like 30 of my black friends? Just sat in the back. <laughs> Seven seven Glock nines hit the table. What'd you do? Very interesting space. I like it. Um, if I pull this tarp back, how many heroin addicts are gonna be behind this? <laughs> no. no, I like I like what you got going on though. So, yeah, I'll just fuck around for two three minutes. Um, how was your day, tall motherfucker? What'd you do today? Chill day. Nice. You work out. You work at home. 
Nice, nice. What'd you do, man? You flew? Where'd you fly? Where'd you fly from? You flew from New York right now? Bro, you must be jet lagged. Yeah. Little tired. Why'd you fly here? Oh, you live here? Yeah, oh, you're yeah. in New York. Oh, damn. So you professional, professional. Okay, I see you. What you do, man? Just today. Anything uh, fun? I dropped my friend off at the airport. Nice. A lot of airport stuff today. What'd you do, man? Nice. You wrote? Nice. You? Come up, dang. It's more honest. Yeah, guys. Um, I hate to say it, but um, guys, you need to fucking lose the script, guys. Fucking just memorize your shit a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Don't want to be too critical, but uh, <laughs> guys, come on. It's new joke day. Okay, I'll give you a little bit of lenience. Guys, <laughs> fucking learn your lines. No, I'm joking. Um, what about you, man? You seem like you're hiding, kind of. You work this? I love your day. That's what I wish every day consisted of. I slept too. Took a little nap. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. How about you, Pam? Yeah. 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 Nice. What do I do? Uh, not high school. Uh, I'm taking city college class right now. I. Went to my writing class. Um, I didn't do any of the fucking assignments over the weekend. Um, and then she started talking about some writing project that I guess we're working on. Um, but I don't know about it. Um, and then I took a little drive. Yeah, so I'm trying to get my license right now. Um, yeah. And uh, dude, that thing you were talking about with the um, wanting to fucking jump over the wall type thing. Yeah, that... that um, I don't know what you call that, like uh, a phenomenon. Yeah, dude, I was thinking that too. Like, dude, I could, I could crash and kill hella people right now. <laughs> it is scary, like when you're driving a machine like that. Um, but no, I did good. I did, I did good turns. I think I actually drove better than a lot of people out there. So, yeah, it was, um, it was an experience. Um, yeah. So what's, what even is this place? It's like. It's very interesting. It's got a lot of a lot of art on the walls. Whoa, that light is crazy. Um, yeah. All right. Well, nice to meet you all. Yeah. Yay! Put your hands together for Jonah, everyone. Yay, Jonah, he has, you have so much confidence. I love the 17-year-olds of today. They have all the confidence. It's fantastic. Yay. He's like, I'm learn your shit or get up here and make it up. That's very nice. Keep going up again and again. Uh, all right, your next comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Chillum. Hey, hi. So I had a dream the other night, which made me think about dreams. Why are all the dreams considered so positive? I mean, we all know we have, we have negative dreams all the time. In fact, I don't think I've ever had a positive dream. 
uh, and I looked this up, uh, dreams that manifest your fears are more common than dreams that manifest your hopes. But that's not what our culture teaches us. You have, you, you are told to dream, dream big. Uh, the future belongs to people who dream. Dream before your dreams can come true, which is weird, seems a bit paradoxical. But, and, and then as I was looking this up, I found this website, and this is true, uh, goodreads.com. They have 8,023 quotes on dreams, all positive, 8,023. First of all, 8,023 is a little bit specific. Is there like some dream deep state that's like sitting there typing in a quote every day for the better of humanity and then like so we achieve things? I don't think that's it. You know, if it's not a rounded number, people are going to believe it or something like that, 8,023. And second of all, I don't think there is any idea in this world that requires 8,023 quotes on it. At that point, you're like, this is, you're probably fucking ga gaslighting us. It's not true at all. So anyway, what was my dream? Um, so I'm terrified of uh, handiwork, like anything, little things like fixing a light bulb or you know, nailing something on the wall, anything. Like from my childhood, I was always terrified and because I'm so anxious, I think that I cannot do it. And once you think that, you won't even be able to stop, I mean start. So, and I've always been like that. So my fear was, you know, this was about open mic. That was my fear, that this stupid fucking stand, right? Because I always see people like doing something here, and I'm like, how? What are? They, what are they? How are they like putting this? I'm, I'm confused. And then I also am scared of lifting this up off this thing. Always, and I'm so, I'm so scared. And then, and then this whole wire thing. You see comedians on the TV or even here. They're always like, you know, jump roping on this. They're like doing some dance of some kind. And I'm like, they're gonna fall. They're gonna fall. They're gonna fall. They're gonna fall. Like I'm not even in that picture, but I'm like worried for them. So that's my fear. Um, and it was so intense. So what was my dream? I was at the Edinburgh Castle. I don't know. I mean, I, I've been doing the open mic seeing all the open mic people, so I don't know why Edinburgh Castle, but who, who the fuck knows, subconscious, it does whatever it wants to do. So I was at the Edinburgh Castle and I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and, uh, and then it, my turn comes, and I'm like, I get on the stage, everyone's looking at me just like this, and then this is what I do. I, I take the mic off the thing, put it back, take it back up, put it back, great, and I walk the fuck away from the room. Don't do a set at all. That's my story, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Chillum, everyone. Yay. Are there comments? Does anybody have any comments about his, about his dreams? Uh, I like that fact that there are quotes about good dreams, but not in all that stuff. I was, I was, I was in. I was in. You guys are out of here? Okay. Well, I mean, I was going to go, but it's okay. You don't have to listen to my jokes. No, it's okay. You don't have to. You've got to get to, I mean, because you, you need, unless this guy with the ponytail in the corner, are, oh, you're just here to, okay, cool. Oh, that's exciting. Well, that's, that's good because that makes this not schizophrenia. Um, all right. Well, I will come around and, and tell a few jokes. So clap for me. Yay. Cool, thanks for being here, real people. Three real people with souls that are here. Look at that, isn't that amazing on a Monday? 
I didn't promote this today at all. I usually do that and I was bad. Uh, you were talking about the Edinburgh Castle. And that place is crazy. So there's an open mic. You can't go because you can't go to bars yet. But when you do go to open mics, sometimes you have to wait in line outside a bar that's it's not open yet. And you have to kind of like wait there and sort of loiter on the street or whatever. And um, I was outside of Edinburgh Castle waiting for my time to sign up. It's a bar on Geary, yeah. And it has two stories. It's neat, and it has an open mic, and it's fine and everything, but it's on Geary Street, which I also happen to live on. So I go there early because I don't want to, like, throw my weight around and be like, I'm going to bump on the list. I show up early to be respectful of the other comedians. So I'm standing there waiting to get inside. And a gentleman's kind of looking at me from across the street and kind of clocking me. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm smiling, smoking my cigarette, writing in my notebook, et cetera, et cetera. And he comes across the street. And I don't know what he's going to say to me. But he says, are you working? He solicited me for prostitution at 524 in the afternoon on Geary Street. What about me? is giving you sex worker vibes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That is a totally valid form of work and I wish that it was honored by our government and you could get a W-2 and it could be valued as labor. I really wish that equitable labor would happen for women and it won't until sex work is, you know, valued for realsies. I mean, I, I didn't mean to get on that soapbox, but I'm not also on the corner talking about sex worker rights. What about me is reading sex worker right now? Is it the menopause? Is it that because I'm going through menopause and it's like my last thunder egg is like, ah, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. There's nobody. I'm not. Why would you? Seriously, do I give off sex worker vibes? He says, yes, this, I mean, everything I wear, I got, I walk down the street on the Hyde street and, and guys are like, are you working right? Even up here on 20th and mission. I'm not even wearing plastic shoes. Like, I just don't, I'm not, right? You could, anyways, I didn't, I don't mean to have that. Do you know that um, Marx was an accidental feminist? Remember Karl Marx, Uncle, Uncle Marx? You Marxist? Anti-capitalism? No, you're all, okay, that's cool, but you're not a Marxist. I'm a super Marxist. But he was an accidental feminist because um, he kept talking about valuing labor. And uh, he was really big on the means of production. And w when women go through labor, we're literally the means of production. <laughs> it's all in the language. Patriarchy's real. It's all in the language. Cool. Like, isn't, do you, do you agree that patriarchy's real in the language, young man? They're like, because like, I'm a, I'm a feet male. Right? Or... You can call yourself a person. You know, we are all human. I get that. We are all people. No, it's not spelled like that, but boys have a people and girls have a vagina. So I call myself a feminist because it's the only word spelled without the word men in it. Yay, it's spelled with an I. You can get out your phone and look. I know, no one knows how to spell anymore. It's okay, it's fine. I just really, what I like to do is just distance myself from the audience by talking about feminism. I think I'll just say a few more things about feminism and then I'll talk about dicks in my mouth. Can we get back to that? It's like, yeah, come on, sex worker. Be a real feminist and suck a dick. Like, when did that trope come into play? They were like, in the 90s, there was gotta be some frat boy somewhere who was like, we can start an underground campaign that the sucking dick is super feminist. And they did, and we all believed it. Cool. 
especially if it's for money. What else is, I'm so disillusioned right now. What was the other thing? Oh my God, I came up with this idea last night and I thought I am the smartest person alive and I wrote it down and I looked at it this morning and I still think it holds water, okay? It's an idea for a Netflix show. It's a period piece set in the 20s, like 1926, before the depression, when circus and freak shows were all the rage. And it's a dance mom for like a conjoined twin that tap dances, right? So it's like old timey 1926 circus times. And there's this woman who's like, you look like an octopus, tap, tap. Like a girl with, no, is that, do I smoke too much pot? Is that not the best idea you've ever heard for a TV show? No, you guys are like, you're an insane person. No, I agree. I'm crazy. And I hate the word crazy because I feel like it's pejorative. And so I've been trying to think of it in a more positive light, in a different perspective, in that my mind is just so flexible that it can hold all of these differing modes of thought at once, right? Like I can believe that chia seeds are saving my life <laughs> and I can believe that too much CBD makes me understand cat. <laughs> Yeah, I can believe that Jesus is real, uh, but also uh, I'm anti-capitalist. What's something you believe in that is disparate from something else? Do you have any cognitive dissonance every day? Oh, you're trying to you're trying to be well. I I, I think yeah, an anarchist is kind of just a do thing. I think I think it's about breaking windows, but I'm not sure. I think my biggest biggest cognitive dissonance is. I, I, I believe I'm funny, and that's probably not true at all. That's actually not true. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, people, for hanging out. This uh, happens every Monday and Friday at 6. What are you waving your hand for? Yeah, please. Oh, conjoined twins to dance. Yeah. I'm excited that you're on board for my Netflix pitch, and I'm totally, that's a good one. Right, with the tap shoes and the thing. I just think freak shows are so fun, and I think it would be fun to glorify them in like a pre-1920s like way. But I love dance moms, too, because they're like, you'll never be good enough, and they're like 12, <laughs> or even younger. They're like, they're seven, and they're doing this, but it's like, you'll never. You started way too late. <laughs> right? That's kind of where, yeah, I love that show with the, yeah. Okay, everybody, I'll let you go to your other open mics. Thanks for coming. Yay, bye. Yesterday once more Looking back on how it was Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship.
as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy, the small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio FM has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government. Personal with the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of a fellow agent and perhaps a political opponent. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers in a democracy. Cool balls. You ever want to be funny? Oh my Oh, think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience like, other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? Those people will listen to my jokes, and they'll even say nice things. Or they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang dabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radio. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radio. I was just leaving the theater. Convertible 1969 gold Cadillac with the white material. And I started to do some thinking. Black, black, black. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday, noon to two. I'm a freeway. Good feeling. I told you. Can I see? Making Jesus. I am Teddy Bellius, and I will cut the Henry. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Has John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty. Still, Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. 
The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission a leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out? side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank relies on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year, enough for 93.000 meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org volunteer to 
found out how you can help. Shadowy group of killers for hire was eliminating world leaders, crime lords, and CIA agents. Explicably, the deceased contract killers have the DNA of people who were along for the ride. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thriller. Take a psychedelic circus journey to the dark side of the moon with Bow and Arrow Presents Dark Side of the Circus, a psychedelic circus show set to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Playing for one weekend only September 16th through 18th at Dance Mission Theater. Tickets available now at darksideofthecircus.brownpapertickets.com. Mutiny Radio listeners can get a $25 ticket with promo code MUTINY420. Bow and Arrow will see you soon on the dark side of the moon. Take a psychedelic circus journey to the dark side of the moon. Bow and Arrow presents Dark Side of the Circus a psychedelic circus show set to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Playing for one weekend only September 16th through 18th at Dance Mission Theater. Tickets available now at darksideofthecircus.brownpapertickets.com. Mutiny Radio listeners can get a $25 ticket with promo code MUTINY420. Bow and Arrow will see you soon on the dark side of the moon. Uh, hear that? Anyways, uh, welcome to Racers Alley here in the heart of the Mission of Mutiny Radio. We haven't been on for a couple of weeks. Uh, we had a bit of some times here with uh, amongst our crew, and uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, right now, we're going to figure out what the hell is going on with the noise in the background here in our studio and to figure out what's going on. Milk Crate's Brian's here, and he's going to play a couple of tunes. Uh, these, this this uh, evening's dedicated to our pal, uh, Robbie Motor Tire Guy, Robbie Markowicz, uh, who passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago. And... Uh, as well as uh, his music selection, which he loved the shit out of. Uh, what do you like, Brian? Uh, who do you love there? Uh, well, you know, Robbie was always asking us to play a lot of Frank Zappa. Zappa. He's really into progressive rock, 
<laughs> and a lot of things I never really wanted to play a whole show of, but uh, we've got a lot of that lined up tonight. So if the music sounds a little funny, just think about Robbie, because yeah, he is yeah. too. <laughs> Which is awesome. So um, yeah, we're going to get, get our uh, step together here at uh, Racers Alley uh, here in the Mutiny Radio Heart of the Mission. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a few guests and uh, let's get this step together and be back to you shortly. Cheers. Yarr, yarr. Too much for them here. And they all think they're clean out of sight. And they're ready to party because the sign outside says it's wet t shirt night. And they all crave some hot delight. Well, the girls are excited because in a minute they're going to All right, I think away. we got rid of that background music. So here we are. Listen to some, uh, what do we got? Zappa? Yeah, this is Frank Zappa. This is Wet T-Shirt Night. Wet T-Shirt Night. All right, any ladies want to come in for that? Just feel free. Got a beer for you. Oh, actually, we don't drink beer. Night. I think so. Cheers. And they all play something to life.
I love the cars. C-R-E-R. Anyway, uh, welcome here to Racers Alley at Meeting Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, like I said earlier, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been here. Uh, our little team here of the Wrecking Crew uh, has gone through a couple of things uh, all the way around, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Anyhow, uh, boy, tonight so far, we got Milk Crate Brian spinning some tunes uh, in memory of uh, Robbie Motor Tire Guy. We're getting some Zappa and other things. And uh, we got Mr. Wade Boyd back. Uh, Boy, we'll talk about where he's been, and uh, Mr. Sean Keen just got back from racing AMA and tuning for those boys, and uh, we'll talk about that as well. So uh, give us a few minutes. Uh, we'll see you probably at about 6.15. Well, you'll hear from us in about 6.15 or 20, and uh, 
we'll go from there. And uh, tonight, if you want to call in, I, I mentioned that on the Facebook book under Racers Alley. If you want to call in and uh, mention anything about Robbie, our pal, uh, you can call us at 415-550-0511 and give us till 630. Uh, be sure to have your credit card and routing number available. Uh, that way we can use all your funds to uh, buy a new race bike. All right. Get back to you soon. Cheers.
Jeff Beck, R.E.R. Anyhow, a uh, short commercial break here for a second. Uh, welcome to Racers Alley at Meany Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, we've been gone for a couple of weeks. Uh, had a couple of uh, hard times lately with, uh, you know, Robbie Motor Tire Guy, part of our wrecking crew in a um, big motorcycle, uh, part of the community here in uh, San Francisco Bay Area. He passed away uh, two weeks ago on a, a Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And uh, it took us all by surprise. You know, uh, it was uh, it was health-related. It's not anything that happened with a motorcycle. Which is always, you know, uh, surprising when it comes uh, something comes down like that. So anyhow, uh, this uh, show is dedicated to Robbie, uh, motor tie guy Markowitz, and uh, Jenny, his girl, and the boy, uh, Kenji. And uh, you know, a lot of people showed up to uh, Bender's. Thank you, Johnny, for having his uh, memorial over there last uh, last weekend, last Sunday. And uh, you know, it's nice everyone comes out and is able to actually. Uh, you know, share their, pay their respects and uh, give everyone else hugs, that type of thing. Because when you're in a close community, it always really sucks when you actually lose someone who's 
really part of it, you know. And so he will, you know, his loss will be felt throughout the motorcycling community as well. And anyhow, uh, yeah, as far as that goes, uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, Milk Crate Brian here spinning memorial tunes for Robbie. And uh, Wade Boyd's back. Uh, he's going to tell you he's been in the hospital as well since uh, two weeks ago. And uh, that was a big scare for us. And uh, we got uh, Robbie Hoyt, uh, AMA tuner. Uh, he's back in town. And uh, he'll give us a little bit of update what's going on with next year. And uh, from here, uh, I just want to say, you know, uh, it's coming near the end of the year, and thank you for all our supporters uh, hanging out there, and uh, especially everyone who gave to uh, Robbie, Robbie's um, fund. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. And everyone who gave to firstrides.org, we'll talk about that in the future. But as far as fun track days, they are done for the year, and we will have a little mention about them. And I hope to have August here when... Uh, uh, August Weber, uh, he's part of the uh, wrecking crew here and there, and uh, he runs Fun's Track Days, so he'll uh, come in next month or so and tell us what about what's going on next year. Alrighty, so, um, boy, let's take another break until, let's say, 6.30, because we're getting our stuff together, and uh, go from there. Alright, well, cheers, cheers.
that you don't need you. Don't go for help, no one will heed you. Your mind is totally controlled. It has been stuffed into my mold. And you will do as you are told until the rights that you are sold. Give me your dirty love Like you might surrender to some dragon in your dreams Give me your dirty love Like a pink donation to the dragon in your dreams I don't need your sweet devotion And I don't want your cheap emotion Whip me up some dragon lotion for your dirty love Give me your dirty love Like some tacky little pamphlet in your daddy's bottom drawer Give me your dirty love I don't believe you've never seen his book before I don't need no consolation I don't want your reservation I only got one destination and that's your dirty love Nasty poodle chew. 
I'll ignore your cheap aroma and your little bo peep diploma. I'll just put you in a coma with some dirty love. Some dirty love. That dirty love. That dirty love. The poodle bites. Come on, French. The poodle chooses. The poodle bites. Come on, French. The poodle chooses. The poodle bites. Come on, French. The poodle chooses. Speck of cereal. Come on, Frenchie. the best for my Come on, Oh, yeah. That's dedicated to Robbie Motor Tire Guy. Uh, thank you, Milk Crate Brian, for throwing that on. And, uh, Boy, you know, uh, interesting show tonight. Uh, we've been off the air for a couple of weeks uh, here at Racers Alley and Meet Me Radio. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, we've had a couple of tough weeks, I got to say, you know, around our, our whole wrecking crew here and uh, in general in San Francisco. We lost a couple of, uh, you know, members of the community, so to speak. And, uh, you know, motorcycle community is small enough as it is. And when you lose someone, you definitely feel it. So anyhow, uh, boy, tonight we have Milk Crate Brian spinning uh, special tunes for Robbie Moto Tire Guy who passed away two weeks ago. And um, boy, he loved Frank Zappa and other other tunes, so uh, we're, we're spinning those tonight, uh, Milk Crate Brian is. And uh, you know, uh, tonight we have uh, Wade Boyd back, uh, Subculture Racing, and uh, holy moly, he's been in the hospital for two weeks as well. So it's been kind of tough all the way around the world. And uh, we have uh, Mr. Dima here, uh, haven't seen him in a while, and a uh, part of our wrecking crew. And, Giving thanks to Robbie, and uh, we have a uh, well, actually, uh, Mr. Keen here. Uh, he's an AMA tuner and a regular motorcycle motorcycle community uh, uh, guy here in uh, San Francisco as well. So, uh, you are, you are. Say hey, guys. Hey, hey. guys. Hey guys. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Zoom. Yeah, zoom, zoom. Dimitri, say hi. What's up, everybody? All right, so I got your mic on proper. Yes, Thank you. Four. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, boy, Wade, you know, uh, you just gave us a real big scare the other day, and uh, I heard all of a sudden, uh, well, let's start with the first great, great, great news is um, Christine Blunk, which is uh, Wade's sidecar uh, passenger, also an international racer and a badass in general, done an Alaman TT, raced in Australia and raced here, and got medals everywhere. And... Uh, she just opened her own restaurant called Berliner Berliner, right, Wade? Yep, sure did. Best sausages in town. Yeah. So where are they at? They're lower hate. Lower hate. Five four five. Yeah, just go to lower hate. You'll Fillmore see it. Fillmore and Steiner on Hate Street. Yeah, a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Use your nose. Next to Tornado. Next to Tornado, across from uh, yeah. you know Mad Dog, and you got the Molotovs, uh, one of our sponsors here. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a whole bunch of places here uh, as far as uh, libations. Uh, and, of course, uh, Berliner Berliner is now open, which is awesome. I don't have a copy of the menu yet, but uh, she's going to have a little bit different uh, menu than the uh, place that was there before. Uh, she's going to have her own cooking. Uh, she's, right, Wade? She's native Berlin, right? Yeah. Here. Oh, oh, I, yeah, she was born in Berlin. Um, sort of ran away from home 20, 30 years ago, whatever, <laughs> and come to uh, America and ended up in San Francisco. and. I found her here. What can I say? Exactly. I remember when you found her. How'd you first meet? Um, actually, at a party, a Halloween party. Uh, she was a roller skating nun, and I guess I was the hippie. I got to, went over to say hi, and she said, "Want, want, want." Awesome. The answer to the question was yes, and I had actually just come back from Germany, and every time they say yes, they say yeah, yeah. 
yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah, that. And <laughs> so I said, yeah, yeah, but it turns out Rory and his buddy have been making German jokes from Hans and Franz and all this stuff all day long and really pissing her off. Oh, yeah. And she goes, is the hippie making fun of me, too? <laughs> <laughs> we were all much younger back then. Take yeah. your foot out of your mouth and go back to the bar. <laughs> and th that was our first meeting. Nice. You know? And then I got her invited to Laguna Seca as a umbrella girl and stuff and then she saw me in my leathers my candy cane leathers and i wasn't just a dumb hippie anymore i remember she said that one so then i saw him as a, in his leathers oh yeah yeah i remember talking about that that's awesome you know anyone everyone looks good in leathers fellas so it's like a uh, girl's boys especially uh, race leathers the stuff yeah. over on Castro Street, I kind of look funny in, but that's a whole different story. You know, that's, that's a I'll different day. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, yeah, uh, Berliner Berliner is now open. I believe it's from 11 to 10 uh, weekdays, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, uh, weekend's a little longer, I think, but yeah, that's basically it. Nice. And uh, I hear they're going to have the uh, hamburgers again. I mean, uh, back in the day, there wasn't like hamburger every tuesday for places and uh now i remember back uh when she worked before they started that on tuesdays and i think she was there to implement it and it turned into a big deal so yeah. uh now uh, everyone seems to have a uh, hamburger tuesday and uh i'm glad to hear they're still going to have that because they pretty much sell out you yeah know? they sell out by the time i get they, home from they work they make like a get 150 of them or so so it's a limited edition they start at noon or so. I'm lucky to get one. It's a true eight well, ounce burger. I weigh those things myself. Well, and then she put everything on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we used to remember we got them because we were subculture. And I remember, you know, it's like everyone would be like, they'd sell out. You know, they started with 20 and then 50 and whatever. Now it's just they mm -hmm. sold out. They'd have a line out the door before noon, literally waiting, you know, and, uh, We'd go in there. It's like, yeah, we're sold out, and I, I wouldn't be with you, or you know, a different time schedule. And I walk in, and it's like, Alex, you want your burger? Yeah. And the line would say, it "Must be nice to be king." Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, yeah. nice to know someone when you're out of stuff. But yeah, uh, yeah go visit Berliner Berliner. Uh, she's now open, and she's part of subculture racing. If you're a motorcyclist, you'd love to see a picture of her on the sidecar with Wade. And also, boy, she can tell you tales as well. And uh, yep. uh, they got all types of sausages and, and uh, I guess a couple of dogs as well. And uh, serving other types of food on the side, uh, which she's making herself, which is very, very good because you're not going to get that anywhere else. Is that top important. secret it, or do we know some of the new menu items? That uh, people would be she's still about? creating it. She's still okay. too, too new to really, you know, she wants to do a schnitzel thing. All schnitzel people are going, oh. Yeah, but, I bet. So she's um, an excellent cook. It's a, they're just opening up, so the walls need to be painted. I mean, it's it was a soft opening, and it, yeah, it takes a, a while to get everything yeah, so proper. She's got to give all her tools and everything going. She's got a million things to do. She's got she is, is cooking, but she's got to learn how to make it a business and legal and do all that stuff and hand out paychecks and stuff to everybody. And so I told my <laughs> boss the other day, yeah, she's learning how to do your job, and she's cooking. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's um, in San Francisco. As any any business owner knows, which I don't, but I've I've, I've worked for a lot of uh, independent businesses. It was, this place is kind of a little 
little bit of a tough way to get around to own a small business. They yeah, have a lot yeah. of hoops. It and really loops is. So she's got to get her between. main thing down, which is the sausages, and then she can start grabbing gears and start adding in the real special exactly. stuff. Exactly. Try this. I can have a special anytime I want. She usually does <laughs> once a month, but wow. Anytime she says, "I got a, I got a thing I want to do," just do it. And then put, puts it out there, especially if she makes a schnitzel. They'll they'll be sold out before. Yeah. You know, yeah, in a so day. She yeah, plans to do awesome. the same thing with, with, you know, she's got, I got like three or four of them lined up. We'll do this one, we'll salad. do this one. Yeah, exactly. That's great. You know, so it's a rotating special. Say what, John? Making me hungry. <laughs> all right. <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, so um, congratulations to Christine. That's a really big deal, especially for us here. I mean, we're local racers, and, you know, racers are never rich. I know we're always struggling, and, uh, you know, hometown, uh, you know, girl hits a home run, especially after working for a similar place for, boy, near 20 years. Yep. Now she's able to own her own place, and it's well-deserved, and everyone around the neighborhood is really, really happy about that and supporting her. Is uh, Lower Hate, you know, they have their own as neighborhood and associations, and it's a small family down there, and, and no, and everyone's totally, totally happy. And yeah. It's just going to spread the word and, and be, be a lot cooler, you know, so that's really, really cool. You got to hit Berliner Berliner, guys, and uh, late girls, and everyone else in between. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, next few weeks, uh, might get a different uh, schnitzel or something, but they'll go from there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are, you are. Uh, anyhow, Wade, uh, Boy, yeah, you had a little bit of a scare for a little bit of a while. You scared the hell out of us. And yeah, interestingly enough, there's a thing he called an appendix in most humans. And uh, apparently it can go at any time. And uh, yeah. you had a little bit of a scare with that. Yeah, I blew a gasket Tuesday, basically, just and got, got busted um, after the opening and stuff. And it's like, you really need to go to the hospital. You really, really have a problem. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, this yeah. all was going on at the same time of opening. Yeah, like, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, we had a whole, everything was going on, and a few things could definitely didn't didn't go on properly, and uh, yeah, that was one of them, but uh, it was great to have you out of the hospital, but boy, oh boy, you know, you don't really want to stay there, and uh, yeah, yep. I'm glad you're getting better. Um, yeah, I got really good care, but it is a scary pa place for many reasons, and um you know, yeah, we've Especially all, most of us have visited there for a reason, and, but you go in healthy, anything can happen in there, so you really try not to fall down, wear all your gear, stay protected, and and any oops can happen, uh, mine happened in my sleep, I wasn't doing anything. What kind of gear did they give you in the hospital? <laughs> I, I got all kinds of nice, Morphine, nice yeah. Yeah, oh, I'll try some of that, okay, I give up, I've been hurting long enough, and yeah, I spent five days in there with... Uh, liquid yeah. food you were saying that no food by your mouth oh that's so difficult uh, i really want a viking sub i hope it works <laughs> yeah my place closed i'd go find another one i still haven't gotten my viking sub yet oh no really yeah. a viking over there no kidding yeah. Yeah, but it was interesting. That was your first choice. I'd like a medium rare steak and baked potato myself, but you were just like, I'm so hungry. I want a Viking sub. Which is like teriyaki is their be the best thing they've ever made. Good to know, Wade. I didn't know that. Yeah. You are. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're wounded, whatever. What's your favorite thing to eat? For a exactly. while, I was in the clam chowder. I, want, I really want a clam chowder. Kind of a soup. <laughs> but you got to make it right you can get sick off of that too well yeah anything but uh, yeah that's interesting well i know you're like uh queenies back in the day you know when we were at the aisle which is they call those uh, things scallops here scallops. yeah baby, baby scallops yeah 
Those are really good as well. Yeah, they're they're great. (laughs) You don't know how to cook them; they're terrible. You get the little (laughs) little chewy. Go to the right place. (laughs) Exactly, Virginia. Learn how to cook them. Yeah, and uh, Dimitri, good to see you, mate. How are you? See you, buddy. Good, good. Yeah. How you doing, man? Doing well. I mean, we're all getting through this, and uh, you know, like I said, you know, motor tire guy was was one of us, and like you, I mean. Robbie helped me out when I had nothing. Uh, I was uh, they had we had a little bit of a recession back in uh, 2008 and 9. Uh, everything fell through the for, you know the bottom. I was a contractor, blah blah blah. But one thing I knew how to do was work on motorcycles. And uh, Robbie gave me space back then. Originally, he worked out of three garages, his own personal like uh, home garages. Before he finally got a proper shop again, his first shop was under Subterranean Cycles uh, a long time ago under super tire guy and then after that he got into his own realm and became moto tire guy yep. and then from there he had three different shops but they were all basically out of his, his garage type of area and uh he he had a he had kind of an original type of thinking as far as his business bottle uh, uh he uh, partnered up with a certain uh, uh retail establishment online and they would send him tires and he would mount them so that way he kind of like didn't have any overhead technically didn't do this technically didn't do that so he was able to have a business under uh, under the radar almost i mean he did certain things right i mean proper by the law but in uh, in other ways he didn't have to have a lot of these licenses because he didn't qualify under being certain things it was a very a very uh at the at the time you know i thought it was kind of crazy and people were kind of pissed but no it was a very smart business uh uh, uh, plan and the way he did it and uh, you know he boy you know lasted well over 10 years yeah yeah it you was know. absolutely brilliant uh, because yep. you got a cheap bastard like me that wants to get the lowest price on a tire and i go into a tire shop and they say oh that tire's going to cost you 105 bucks I'm like well i can get it online for 60 so fuck you and everybody that had that attitude would end up going to Robbie because word got around on Bay Area Riders Forum. Yes, that you could bar just back of the day, yeah. Buy any tire you wanted, ship it to him. He did not care, and he would mount that for you for a flat fee. You just really couldn't beat that. I've been seeing the guy since he was working at Subterranean yep. and mm-hmm. out yep. of each garage, and yep. you know, eventually he started drinking with us, and I think that's how we became friends. Well, we all <laughs> met him at different times in different ways. I mean. Um, you know, when he when he split from Subterranean, uh, there was a certain factional divide, and I just believe that uh, it was kind of an unfair situation. And here he was, where all his best friends were now on the factional divide, and he's sitting here drinking with me, and I was like, yeah, you know, that's bullshit, dude. So I'm with you, and yeah, and uh, you know, we we, we became uh, mates in a sense. You know, we never. We were never friends beforehand, but, you know, we, we became closer after that. And then from there, we just uh, bonded and grew. And, you know, you got to know Robbie. He has his, we all have our quirks. And sometimes he uh, just likes to put a little gas in a fire for some reason. You know, just make things a little funny when everyone was uh, just messing with him. And so, yeah, he, he always had that funny sense of humor. Where it's like, well, let's just kick that hornet's nest. <laughs> and see what the hell oh, comes yeah. out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyhow, his business model was great, and then he ended up uh, after a few years over at Subterranean, uh, over at the, uh, where he's at over in the Bayview. And um, yeah, he earned his right to, and, and over the years. And uh, during that time when I had nothing, he allowed me to have a, a motorcycle repair business in the same uh, area that he had. And uh, boy. You know, I, I got to say, I must have done that for six years at least. And um, 
it was money on the side it helped me pay rent more than once he never asked me for anything it was 10 percent, alex which is fine you know but half the time he'd get me the business he'd go alex yeah these people need brake pads and chain of sprockets all right i'll be right over you know and uh, when i first started i'd do all that i was like Oh yeah, a uh, hundred dollars an hour, and I do all three things. And Alex, you know, Robbie Slappy is just like, Alex, you <laughs> just did three hundred dollars worth of work for nothing. So he taught me how to price things per caliper, uh, or price oil and filter, and you know, he taught me about uh, how to how to do everything properly and uh, make a livelihood out of that. And um, you know, that was very very nice and generous of him. And uh, you know, that's the type of guy Robbie was. And I just want to say that, you know, I was touring Morimoto for quite a while because Robbie helped me out and uh, he'll definitely sorely be missed here in our city. You know, uh, yeah, I don't, don't know. Right now, there's no one there to fill that particular space. Yeah. Okay. We're all in trouble. Yeah, yeah. My tire's almost gone. Yeah. Four sets of new Robbie tires. Oh, the he's Rob- done like everything for me recently. <laughs> he did the Ninja. He did the Goldwing. He did the KLR before it got stolen, um, and he did the SR500. So I've still got about 20,000 miles of Robbie Moto Tire Guy tires to burn through. <laughs> nice. Nice. You are. Right on, right on. And a lot more Frank Zappa to play. So we're going to take a little break. Be right back and uh, go on from here. Yeah, we're going to hear from one of Robbie's favorite guitarists, Robert Fripp. He was a big King Crimson guy. And uh, I don't have any of that, but I've got Teenage Wildlife, uh, a collaboration he did with David Bowie, which is just as good. (laughs) Right on, Milk Crate. 